Hello there. You're listening to Shay's Bills Podcast. And here's your host, Shilano. Well, hello everyone and it has been a while. Um, I'm sorry I haven't been really around to make any podcast episodes um, due to work. And, well, I haven't been feeling well. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have been having a lot of dental problems with my teeth. Precisely, I have a wisdom tooth that is um, very sore. Um, And I had my first cold in the season, so that had affected me. On top of that, um, it is affecting my wisdom tooth a lot more, which it's okay. I've organized to get my wisdom tooth removed. But um, that's not till February, so I'm <laughs> I'm going to be suffering for a while, but that's okay. Um, but I have been listening to podcasts. I have been f- trying to figure out what to do with the podcast and what stories and all that. And I had been on Instagram and I said that I'm going to concentrate on true crime and sports. So there are going to be the two main topics on the podcast. And with this episode, it is finally, I know it's been a while, it's nearly three months since the World Cup, but I got to finishing writing the episode of the post-Women's World Cup thoughts. And if you don't know what's happened with the World Cup and with all the matches, and I'm going to update you with everything. Um, And of course, what we all know we're well aware because it's all over the media and on the main news uh what's happened with spain and that man we all know and hate and i despise anyway um but we're going to talk about the football and all of that right now let's get into it well another successful fiva women's world cup with so many new milestones made by different countries and players throughout the tournament, a significant controversial ending to the victorious World Cup final. We will spill more tea on that later, but let's crack on the first games. Uh, throughout July and August, I was lucky to get to hear the games while working away in the mornings, keeping me going through very busy mornings in the kitchen, listening to the commentary, which I'm so glad. Um... But I will have to say, RT's Stephanie Roach was my highlight on the commentary. I was listening to RT player majority of the time because that was the only area and network I could watch the World Cup because, of course, the World Cup was in Australia. Um, of course, she is a former player of the Republic of Ireland and has a better idea of players compared to her co-commenter, which I didn't feel like they didn't know their research on any team. Uh, until they were playing the game, which was disappointing. But to the group games, we have Group A. Uh, the opening game was New Zealand versus Norway. Uh, gave the groundbreaking win for the co-host Wilkinson, scoring a 48-minute in the game with attendance of 42,137 people at that game. Um and then the second game, which was Switzerland, came out strong with a 2-0 against the World Cup debutants, the Philippines. But not to worry, the Philippines put their name in the history books for scoring their first World Cup goal against New Zealand on the 25th of July by Bowden. Uh, despite Philippines getting knocked out by Norway with a heavy score of a 6-0. I was surprised by Norway's performance. They did only well in the scoreboard but 
with the only game against Philippines, uh, any other game they did play, they did not score. Uh, but the game, well, no, they but they gave the safe passage along with Switzerland to the group stages. Um, so that was Switzerland and Norway qualifying. Unfortunately, New Zealand and Philippines didn't. Uh, group B, this was the one I've been watching for. Uh, it was Australia, Nigeria, Canada, and of course the Republic of Ireland. Um, a lot of people were saying Group B was the group of death. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it was, really. When we saw the lineup, we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, I and the rest of the country of Ireland were glued to our screens, watching the Ireland games in Group B, hoping Ireland would get as far as they could in the group stages as we prayed for them, lighting candles in the churches and saying silent prayers but unfortunately with a one nil loss in the opening game against Australia with a penalty taken by Arsenal player Stephanie Caitlin this or Steph Caitlin as we know uh this was the only match I missed from the Ireland games as I was away in London at the time watching my phone for the scoreboard in Emirates Stadium in Arsenal uh, as if anyone doesn't know I'm an Arsenal Gooner fan um and I got to go to Emirates and I was keeping an eye. I, it was the only day I missed the World Cup matches. And we were watching them when we were on the trip uh, in the morning before we headed out. Um, then going list with Nigeria uh, until meeting Canada. But when it came to Ireland versus Canada. Oh, this game for me was the most disappointing game in the Irish point of view. Um, Canada was not playing in top form. I really didn't think they were great. And even though Caden McCabe got our first ever goal in the tournament with a classy goal from the corner going straight in the back of the net, like it was chef's kiss. Um, it did not stop Canada getting a own goal from Megan Conley and a goal from the United player, Andrea Leon. Um, but Australia stopped Canada from proceeding into the group stages, so I was happy with that. Uh, with an incredible 4 0, and Ireland defended very well against Nigeria in a nil nil um, match, but it wasn't enough to get through to. True! Oh my god! Through the groups. Group? Wow! Group stages. Uh, we talk a bit more about the Irish national team later. Um, group C, it was Japan, Spain, Zambia, Costa Rica. Uh, Spain came in hard and told the world we ain't messing about winning their opening winning game against Costa Rica with a 3-0. Japan also did the same defeating Zambia with a 5-0. Again, Spain did the same poor Zambia with 5-0. Uh, Japan and Costa Rica. But surprisingly, Japan won their game against Spain. 4-0, ending up on the top of the Group C with 9 points, also having an impressive 11 goals. Um, Spain and Japan qualified in the group stages. Group D was England, Denmark and China and Haiti. Uh, England was strong favourites in the tournament and proved it with their opening game against Haiti 1-0, with Georgia Stanway scoring a, in the penalty, uh, with Lauren James giving them a cracker of a goal against Denmark. James proved it when she had some classy skills on the pitch, for sure, uh, to get some goals for England, uh, with England gaining eight points in their group stages. Denmark came through in the second three to qualify with their win against the Chinese team and Haiti. Unfortunately, Haiti didn't get any scores, goals in the World Cup this time. Group E was Netherlands, USA, Portugal and Vietnam. With the opening game with the three-time World Cup champions, USA, with an easy win against 
Vietnam, it was 3-0. Netherlands came against Portugal with 1-0. Portugal didn't get any of their first two goals against Vietnam. Oh, sorry, they did get their first goals against Vietnam, but Vietnam didn't get any chance to breathe in these group stages at all. They they just got defeated. Uh, but the Dutch former Euro winners did knock them out with a 7-0 ouch, uh, with USA and Netherlands proceeding to the group of 16. Group F was France, Jamaica, and Brazil. And here we go. The country I can never pronounce. Panama. Yep. I can't pronounce them. But I'm going to say this. Uh, this public, the entire public were rooting for Jamaica. It was the first taste of the tournament, getting their first goal by a swabby. Um, France came out strongly in the group, of course, with the stages with seven points among eight goals. Debut... Um, Debut team Panama with their impressive captain Cox getting their first goals against France in a 3-6. And Cox striking a strikingly brilliant goal. If you saw it, it was just incredible. A major shock was Brazil did not qualify for the stages and getting knocked out by Jamaica. uh, Ending the legend Marta's World Cup career at an end. Uh, Group G... We're nearly there. There's one more group after this. There's quite a few groups, I know. Uh, this is the biggest we've had. Um, Sweden, South Africa, Italy and Argentina. Italy came out well this year compared to last year's Euro, may I say. I was a bit surprised. In their first game against Argentina. Sweden looked very impressive, no doubt there, of course. They're f- one of the top 10 teams out there in the women's. Beating Italy 5-0 and South Africa looking well as qualified for the group 16. Sweden came one of the favourites to win the tournament. Following and finally group H which had Colombia, Morocco, Germany and South Korea. Germany came in strong once again with a strong 6-0 against Morocco. With their debut among Colombia winning their match against South Korea. Monaco gaining their first goal against the Koreans. The Colombians won against against the Germans. Yep, you heard that. Germany lost a match. Um, but Morocco was scoring their final goal to knock Germany out. No, uh, what did I just say there? Did I just say to Morocco? Oops, I didn't mean that. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry, guys. I meant Morocco gaining their first goal against Korea. The Colombians won their match against the Germans. Um, Morocco scoring their goal in the last game to knock out Germany, which made history for the two countries for the biggest. Brazil and Germany were knocked out in the group stages. Yep. Imagine that. The big drop. Mic drop. Um, so, of course, I'm going to quickly dabble into the teams um so what i thought about them each group um nigeria were very good i have to say nigeria were really really strong uh this year um and you know despite them playing against ireland you know they were the better team uh, i think we were just very proud that ireland were in the world cup and to be fair we got our first goal which we're very happy about um i did not like the performance against canada um canada didn't i wasn't happy with canada really um i don't know it's just whatever like the canada hadn't been performing well anyway um and australia of course it was massive pressure australia was hosting with new zealand and the amount of hype for them was incredible and with sam kerr um 
Denmark, I, do you know, I, do you know, Group D, I kind of forgotten about. The only reason we know about them was England and Group C was about Spain. Um, Japan did really well, but they didn't really perform very well at the end. And you'll see why in the Group 16. Um, but yeah, it was a massive shocker. So the Group 16 was Spain versus Switzerland. It was 5-1. Netherlands versus South Africa was 2-0. Japan versus Norway was 3-1. Sweden and USA was 0-0. This one was the longest one of my life. Let's... Yep. Because of penalties. Uh, the penalties, good. It was 5-4. And it was the longest penalties. I swear. I thought it was the longest ones of my life. Uh, but there was quite a few penalties in this World Cup. Even in the group's pools. There was quite a few. I think there was... There was Eight penalties in the first eight games. Insane. Insane. Um, then we have, where are we? We have Japan versus Norway. It was 3-1, I said. Yes. So Australia versus Denmark. It was 2-0. Uh, France versus Morocco was 4-0. England versus Nigeria was 0-0. And it went to extra time and it went to penalties. Yep. I don't like penalties anymore after this. I swear to you guys. These penalties thing after the World Cup has given me trauma. I'm traumatized. I just They're too daunting. Um, it was 4-2. Uh, Colombia versus Jamaica was 1-0. Um, during the group 16, of course, I couldn't sit down to all of them, but I did hear them, of course. I swear my co-workers must have hated me because I used the speaker to listen to the commentary. And people were like, what are you listening? And I'm like, I'm listening to the World Cup. Uh, of course, the quarterfinals, Spain versus Netherlands, it was 2-1. Japan versus Sweden, 2-1 as well. Australia versus France, this is another one because guess what? It was another penalties. <laughs> And this was the longest one, I believe. It was, it was almost about 30 minutes, these penalties, because they kept scoring or saving. It turned out to be very close. It was 7-6. And then it was England versus Colombia, 2-1. Now the finals. Whew. Give me a break, one minute. Oh, right, the final. We all were hyped about this. But for that, we had the semi-finals. Why did I say the final? I don't know. My brain's a bit frazzled. I think it is. Uh, Spain versus Sweden. It was 2-1. Sweden had proven a very successful lead-up in the games with a very strong performance, which led them to the semi-finals. But so did Spain. We all know that. Uh, but all the goals and scoring didn't happen until the very end of the second half. Yep. We had a long game to get through. Yep. Uh, with the goal coming from Spain's I'm going to pronounce this brutally. I do apologize. 81 minutes in the game. Parula from Spain. I'm sorry. Uh, followed by an equalizer from Swedish player. I'm going to brutally mispronounce really. Palovisk. In the 88 minute. Just a minute later. Spain's Salma. Pararulo. <laughs> sorry. I really this is the one thing I can't do. Um, age 19, 275 days, has become the second youngest player in the score in a FIFA Women's World Cup semi-final match against Canada. Uh, Cara Lang, who was 16, 348 days, which was led against Sweden in 2003, which meant Spain was in the final. Australia versus England... Now, this is what comes to the semi-finals. It was a big deal because it was two teams 
Australia, who were the hosts, wanted to be there. They, 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 the hype of Australia and all the pressure was on them. They could feel it. They knew it. They had to do this. But unfortunately it didn't happen because it was a three goals for England. One for Australia. And it was because the first half, Manchester United's Ella Toon scored the first goal in 36 minutes, giving England the lead. But this gave Australia massive pressure on their shoulders to equalise in the second half, right? which paid off by Sam Kerr, who hadn't played in the World Cup until Denmark's group stages because she missed the opening game with a calf injury, uh, scoring straight in the second half. But it came to bloody disheartening for them because the hope they had was quickly taken after eight minutes when Lauren Hebb from Manchester City scored the following goal. Then they didn't stop. Arsenal's now player Alessia Russo ended the Aussie's journey with a third goal in the 86 minutes. Despite the loss, they were incredibly with the incredible journey they've had and encouragement and major support of the whole country. There was such a buzz for them, having a massive acceptance of women's football in their country, encouraging many young girls starting to play and investing into women's football. Uh, a post-match quote from Katrina Gari from Australia said, quote, that's football. We created a lot of chances and we put a lot of pressure on them. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net and they did. It sucks. It feels like you let yourself down. You know you let your nation down. I know we have the support of everyone and we will come out again for the next against Sweden. Uh, and that was for the third place. Uh, and unfortunately because of that, third place went to Sweden. Australia lost that match as well. Uh, to the other semi-final match, it was Spain versus England. Oh wait, no, that's the final. Oh, sorry, I read my thing wrong. Whoops. Uh, the final was England and Spain. The big final. There was me, Sunday morning, working. Of course. Uh, <laughs> after a busy breakfast service, from lunch on my break, watching the game, listening to it, now, there was a lot of complaints already beforehand because there was now representatives of each country, Spain and England, supposed to be there, right? Uh, Spain had their royal family, Queen Leticia, travelled for her daughter, Princess Sofia, who is a teenager at the time, a major fan of football and team, who's also an aspiring midfielder. Who knew? But, of course, no one from England came over. Twats. Um, for that, because... <clears throat> Prince William said he could not travel to watch England due to the system of carbon footprint which would be generated. I smell bullshit on that because if it was your holiday, you would totally go to Australia, wouldn't you? Uh, but yeah, you wouldn't support your own team. And you're the president of the FA. So, imaginary thumbs up for me. Sarcastically, by the way. So the game started intensely, with Spain being patient. The first shot of the game was in the fifth minute from England forward Lauren Hemp, shooting straight at England's, wow, Spain's goalkeeper. Wow, I, today my dyslexia has been really off. I do apologise. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, goalkeeper Katia Cole. Cole? Cole. Really terrible pronunciation. I need better. I need to do better. I'm sorry. Uh, after England 
uh, midfielder Kira Walsh was fouled by Salma Pararillo. I'm not Spanish. I need to, uh, uh, attempting to dispossess her. The England team created their best chance of the match with Hemp having a clear shot and a goal in the 16 minute, but striking the crossbar. Oh my heart! I can feel. I can just hear it. Um, when England's right wing back Lucy Bronze attempted a dribble through the midfield, Spanish players disposed her with the ball and it was sent to Carmona who took it the tight angled low shot past Mary Earps the goalkeeper into the right corner of the net scoring the only goal of the match in the 29th minute in the second half England's confidence waned down and Spain was bolstered when Walsh conceded a penalty for accidentally handball in the box with defending a quarter in the 65th minute after a lengthy VAR review Yes, we finally got for her. Um, Spain forward Jenny Hermoso took the penalty in the 17 minute with the shot saved by Earps. By the way, Earps celebration after that was, uh, you know, it was like, come on, I got this. I'm, I, I, I just saved the goal. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, boss. Um, <laughs> uh, it was Spain defending and England's desperation tried to get their utmost best and defended well Jess Carter denying Hermoso won another goal uh, then it came to an end a 104th minute which the ref called and then that meant Spain won their first World Cup in history uh, then in all with this major achievement for Spain instantly swiped to the side due to the big incident we've all talked about which was the kiss. Yeah, that kiss we're going to talk about. Now, if you don't know about the kiss, right, let me get, I have to sit up for this. Right. <clears throat> so, during the medal ceremony, the RFEF, which is the Spanish Federation Football Association, Association Luis Rubales kissed Jennifer Homoso on the lips. Despite her visible displeasure, the action drew criticism, particularly towards the continued sexism in the sport, and called I'm gonna call him Luis because I can't say his surname every time. Luis uh to resign. In the separate incident at the end of the match, Luis was filmed pointing to the Spain players before grabbing his crotch with his the OBS that's absolutely after Hermosa said she did not expect the kiss, um, Luis entered the dressing room, reporting throwing his arms around Hermosa and joking about marrying her in Ibiza. What the fuck? Yep. And for the criticizing because he was standing next to the teenager Princess Sophia when he was doing these actions with his crotch. Wow. Uh, no, no. Um, uh, Luis faced heavy criticism for his actions and called for him to resign again came from many players um, as well as the government he and Valida who is the coach of the Spain national team tried to make Hermoso support Luis issuing a fake statement which she would not Hermoso issued a statement through her union which is Foot Pro which a union said the case was unacceptable and they were working on seeing it being punished 
Now, the RFEF called an extraordinary general meeting on August 25th. Sport journalists quickly denounced Lue's behavior um, and El Contradelas Alberto Ortigo also noted that uh, Luez took the trophy off the players to celebrate with it and soon after his response with the Daily Mirror, Colin Mallar, Mallar said Luez attempts to excuse and normalise his behaviour with further troubling. Having initially described his critics as idiots, dickheads and losers and initially calling the incident an unimportant gesture of affection on a Spanish radio show just before leaving Australia. Now, Luez apparently, and he did, uh, published an apology video on August 21st, recorded when the delegation was on a layover re- returning from Australia. Uh, he, he, in the video, he described the kiss was a spontaneous and said that he had no bad intentions and was sorry for distracting the celebrations. Uh, I have apologised to learn from this and understand that where you are president, you should be more careful. Do you mean talk about this. Do you mean that you that you got caught or you fucked up? Because like honestly, it's all and above. Like you got caught, and it was on national television on FIFA. It was streamed over. I think if I remember, eight million people were watching, maybe more. Yeah, including that Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez said that Luis' behavior was unacceptable. An apology was not equated for let alone a significant saying the players did not win but Luez's behaviour shows that there is still a long way for to go for equality. Labour Minister and Secondary Deputy Prime Minister Loanda Diaz called Luez to resign and it was revealed on the 22nd of August that Luez had begged Hermoso to appear in an apology video and the manager George Lavida unsuccessfully asked Hermosa's family several times to encourage her to support Luis. Absolutely fucking shocking, that is. Absolutely. Um, On the 24th of August, the FIFA Disciplinary uh, Committee opened uh, disciplinary proceedings against Luis. So, Luis had brought up his three daughters. He's a father of three daughters. To the RFE Assembly, he pointed them out during his speech delivered to them saying you the daughters have a difference between truth and lies i luez tell the truth <sighs> he also addressed la vida saying that he would offer him a new four-year contract worth two million euro another point luez repeated saying i'm not going to resign five times compared to i'm not leaving speech from the wolf of wall street in the speech he referred to kiss instead as a peck also saying it was euphoric he spent more time storytelling his versions of events from the final claiming that i had all conversation with hermosa received her consent though he continued to describe the kiss as spontaneous other topics he prosecuted uh, about speech were in a rise where he called fake feminism and how he saw as a scourge of society and the imprudence of the Spanish government said he would sue several ministers. Uh, In a response to the speech, two Spanish national team players, Real Beltas players, Hector Ballerin, who also used to play for Arsenal, by the way, just saying, uh, (laughs) Borjan 
Elegesas, I'm so sorry, uh, pronounced, pronounced, publicly denounced Luez on social media, with the latter of refusing to play for Spain until Luez resigned. Two former Spain national goalkeepers, David Di Gea, who also is a massive women's supporter, especially with Manchester United, he supports them very much, uh, just saying. And 2010 World Cup winner Elker Caldeas also criticised Luis's speech on Twitter. Now, the first female football player to respond to the speech was, of course, the legend, the iconic woman, Alexia Budelis, um, saying that Spain's most capped women's international and most decorated individual women's footballer in the world uh, she tweeted this it is un- unacceptable it's over with you teammate jenny harmoso uh this was followed by an influx of similar impressions on social media from women's footballers all over the world later that day 81 players including all 23 from the women's national winning team released a joint statement to boycott the national team until the RFEF changed changed their leadership. On the 2nd of September, Sanchez praised the team for the boycott, saying that they have won twice. First the World Cup, and then giving them the world lesson in equality. Hermoso followed up a joint statement on August 25th, that doesn't sound right, does that? August 25th. Oh, it must be similar when the same statement. Okay. Um, saying that um, Hermoso opened a joint... Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm reading this all wrong. <laughs> uh, a full statement person that they accounting her experience in the incident as well as mentioning previous and ongoing abuses in the environment of the National Squad, which we were all well aware before this incident happened. They were talking... So basically, before the World Cup started... They had mentioned um, the team, a couple of players had refused to play for the national team, including Mappy Leon, uh, who was one of the best players in Barcelona. Um, her and several, several, I think seven to eight other players had refused to play for the national team because management reasons and because of the head coach. And if you were watching any of the games during the World Cup, with Spain, you saw that they weren't interacting with the manager uh, until they got in the semi-final. That was the first time. They've ignored him and this, the coaching team because of whatever incident. Uh, we don't really know what's behind the scenes, but it wasn't going good. <laughs> uh, on August 26, two days after the commencing of their investigation, FIFA suspended Luez until November 24, which is literally next month. I'm recording this in October. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> on the 10th of September, a preview clip for the British talk show Piers Morgan Uncensored ugh, yik, was released with Luez being interviewed by the broadcaster Morgan. Uh, in it, Luez said that he offered his res- resignation to the RFEF shortly after the clip. Luez uh, shared a statement saying that he had resigned from his position. Uh, including UEFA, because he was also involved with that, and there's some allegations on that too. (laughs) But here's the most crazy thing. So during all this, right, his mother got involved with this, right? So, like, because his mother believes that he's innocent and all that, right? And it's called out. Hermosa is uh, shocking and 
saying she's spending lies and all this. Do you know what she did? She went to her local church in Montreal after service and announced she's going on hunger strike. Yeah, she did that. Uh, uh, saying that it was an inhumane and bloody thirsty hunt against her son. She then persistently defended um, her son as a decent person and saying he was treated unfairly. Uh, well, his paternal uncle and former chief staff, Huane Rebels, uh, told Spanish media that he, Luis, needs a social re-education program and a re-education in his relationship with women. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. So, it's 50-50 on each of his side, isn't it? They don't really like him he's not a very popular man in his family either is it uh the prosecution of ministry in spain opened the preliminary investigation in whether Luis's actions is constituted with sexual assault on the 28th of august including offering hermosa the opportunity to make a formal complaint she did this on the 6th of september and on the 8th of september the prosecutors have now presented a criminal complaint to the national court asking for their investigation charges of the sexual assault and croyon it's also asked for information to be gathered from the australian authorities what makes this worse is director american director Woody Allen has given his support to Louise, saying this yes and Allen has been accused for sexual abuse of of course, another man being in a similar situation has got his back. Insert eye roll emoji. Yes, the, the, the this is the thing with the World Cup. You know, we love the World Cup. We're here for football, but FIFA is corrupted. We all know that, and the, but it's just a sport that we all love. It's corrupted in so many things, and especially with women's football, we're trying to encourage it. We're trying to make it safe. It is safer. It's far more safer than the men's. I really say that. I don't go to any of the men's football games anymore because it's rough. And the lads are are fighting and drinking and they're shouting homophobic chants and and just... Uh, it, it's not a good vibe. While the women's is more safe and people can actually bring their families and it's just all supportive bubble. Um... The, you know, I really enjoyed the World Cup but this really did... I, I felt like the Spanish team couldn't really celebrate it much, um, truly, and it's upsetting, I think, for a lot of people, um, and I really wish it didn't happen, but it did, but maybe, in a way, this will give the teams, uh, and finally, maybe more better, um, acceptance that we can finally sort these problems that we we've been listening to all this time um on top of that really the, the world cup like united states didn't win the world cup um uh which is a big deal i personally you know i if anyone has seen me i have two jerseys of united states uh, the one in 2015 where they won, they won it and 2019 um, and from 2019 to now really I hadn't really supported the United States um, due to I just didn't feel like they were performing as well um, and top of that the, the, a lot of veterans that I loved and supported true have retired and it's only a very few of them left um, Megan Rapone 
of course, was Dickie Euro in the 2019 World Cup. And personally, I'm just going to say I didn't like her and I still don't like her. Um, she declined a lot in the f- this year, the World Cup. She obviously, and she did announce she's retiring. Um, and yeah, they didn't do as good. They didn't qualify for uh, semis, quarters, semis and final and all that. So I think they were just su- surprised um about that you know every team in this world cup has really made a massive statement in the smallest ways for their countries um like when i was in london i never seen so many jamaican jerseys on sale i i went to adidas and i went to um nike and they had put on in fairness they had to put on a lot of stuff of a lot of jerseys and a lot of the women's footballers um up and about uh, supporting about the Women's World Cup, which was great. Um, I did buy Germany's jersey. I did. I. I. I really liked the the. Do you know what? Adidas did a really good. <laughs> had a really good pick of um jerseys this year made. Uh, it was all kind of teamed with the, um, environment and climates of the countries. I really wanted to get Japan's, and I didn't get it. Um, I'm hoping I'm just gonna have a look when I'm doing this. I'm gonna check if it's still available because honestly, it's gorgeous color. Uh, it is a lavender purple with pink, and it's um, inspired by the sunset, I believe. Um, I think it's sunset or sunrise. Sunrise, sorry, sunrise in Japan, um, which was really really beautiful, but it was like very expensive. Uh, it's ninety euro. Uh, it was 80 80 or 90 yeah Um, but really oh they still have it but it's oh crikey it's 83 euro and that's extra small 84 that's so expensive fatty ass I love it but I don't think I have enough jerseys Um, yes but um, yeah we're now going to be into the uh WSL uh, there's a football league fantasy football league there too um, if you want to try it I'll put the link below that you can sign up to it um, didn't do great this week if I'm honest in it um, I did very well previous week <laughs> with my highest uh, score uh, the people in my team I had managed to put in we're a couple more Chelsea players and they weren't playing today last weekend so I'm a bit disappointed and I only got 35 points so yeah bit shook but uh, but anyway we'll do better next week I hope um but that is it for me with this podcast episode I'm sorry I mispronounced things um you should know all now I can't pronounce surnames especially if they're foreign I just can't I don't know, it's something with dyslexia. Even when I try to say it, like break it down, it's just it's struck I struggle. I struggle. I'm sorry. Um but yeah, thanks for listening. I will be back soon. I'm uh thinking of doing a true crime episode uh that is actually on a currently it's a live crime uh episode unfortunately it was about someone that is from my county uh they were counted as missing and as in last two weeks they have found their body which is now bones because they've been missing for a couple years 
and they have now arrested someone. So I might do that. Um, but with that, thanks for listening. Uh, if you do want to listen out for any of my social media, it is Shades Bills Pod on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to try to update more on there. Uh, I am also started watching <clears throat> Colleen Rooney's The Real Wackatow Story. So I'm trying to get into that and figure what what went wrong. What was the story about it? Because it was such a big deal last year. I'm pretty sure it's now turned into a musical or play in the West End. It's that of a bit of a... It's that big of a thing. I know it's two footballer wags, wives fighting, but... Just wanted to know what's what's going on there, um. But yeah, uh, if you if you want to listen to me as well, um, or follow me, I'm on Twitch as well, streaming. I'm trying to get back into streaming now. Um, I took a bit of a break because I was doing the coursework, uh, which turned out great because I passed this week on the course I did during the summer. So I'm delighted. Um, and now I need to figure out how to market myself a bit more better, um, because I studied digital marketing. <laughs> I'm still learning about it. It's hard. Um, all these KPIs and kind of learning about the insights because I've never really done that kind of stuff before so uh, it's a bit of out of my box but I'm willing to put more effort and learning into it um, and I'm going to put myself to, like, to learn I've, I decided I kind of want to learn how to do uh, sign language um, for some reason I've always thought it was interesting to learn so I might try to give it a go but I also said that and I wanted to learn how to speak Spanish because there's a lot of people in my job that are Spanish and they speak a lot of Spanish and I'm trying to include myself. And I, I just say, see. Sí. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you for listening. I will see you all very soon. Hope you all mind yourselves and uh, take care. And I will see you all then. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Shea's podcast. Make sure to follow Shea Spills Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Shea Spills Pod and Shea Spills Podcast. And check out Chilano on her socials at Chilano.